Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. All right. Hello and welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 164 on social selling. Uh, excited to be here and um, I'm looking forward to uh, shooting and talking about pretty much a bit of an AMA really, but uh, within social selling. So it wasn't any particular field within that. It was very much like, just give me anything you want on, on social selling. Uh, hopefully we're live everywhere. I'm looking to see if we're live uh, on LinkedIn. I've switched the tech over today, so stuff that has more juice should be able to deliver there. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, meanwhile, of course, we've got uh, Instagram Live and um, we have uh, Facebook Live as well. So hello, everyone was waving my way over there. Uh, nice to see you all. If you're watching right now, make sure you put in a comment saying where you're watching from. So which city are you watching from? Uh, also add um, for me as well if you're team live. So hashtag team live or hashtag team replay. Uh, and uh, put in the comments as well so we can see if you're watching a bit later on. Um, so, so just so you know, some of people have been asking like what's going on with the different, um, uh, with the different um, live things today. So we've got the Startup Business Q&A as usual right now, and then three hours time we have the LinkedIn Mastermind. So if you're interested in that, it's only $99, you can join in and watch the LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn Mastermind uh, where you, with a Zoom chat, it's like a private hangout, we get to talk together. And uh, then there is a Q&A as well. Um, so uh, we'll actually be live with each other. You can ask any questions about LinkedIn. I did this a couple of weeks ago and done really well. Uh, we're gonna be doing it in Milan for real for 3000 people uh, in one month's time at Digital Design Day. So I'm really excited about that too. But if you wanna join me, uh, you can do so in three hours time. It's not too late. You have to send me a DM saying uh, I'm in for LinkedIn and then we can do it. I'm just gonna try and go live on uh, LinkedIn, and if that can wake up, we're good. Come on. <laughs> um, so if you have any questions on social selling, anything on social selling, you can post those in the comments right now, and we can go right away. Um, I'm just gonna see what the hell's going on over there, good. And um, I have a few questions being sent already. In addition, there's two, two or three announcements. So, but working my way backwards, why don't we do that? Next week, we have Entrepreneur Business Live Miami. So I'll be in Miami next week, on the Thursday, the 26th of September with Shay Robottom and with Shani uh, Murray, we will be talking about video for your business, video content for your business. And, and those two are, are immense at that, uh, certainly on the LinkedIn side of things as well. So I'm very excited about seeing what they uh, bring and I'll be there with everyone too to, um, to join in proceedings. Next week, uh, rather this week, even on Wednesday, so two days time, we have Entrepreneur Business Live Barcelona, yes, too in two weeks and yes i won't be doing that again because it's been a bit silly lately so i, I want to space them out a bit more maybe one every two weeks instead of every week um but it, yeah the idea is we're going to be having um barcelona will be rebecca uh, godfrey will also have um kyoko takieme with me with myself as well and we're going to be um talking about broadcasting message in very various different ways um are you going to go live with shay miami says juliana 17 on instagram the answer is yes We'll be going live. So if you join the entrepreneur business group over on uh, Facebook, my Facebook group, then you can watch for free um, the uh, the live stream. So that will be at 6 p.m. local time. Miami, I believe, is, six, is five hours behind. 
and uh, you can go live then, uh, or rather you can watch the live stream of the three speakers and any Q&A as well. So Junior, hopefully you'll join us there. You can, there's not, it's not too late to grab a ticket and fly out to see us, of course. You can do the same uh, if you wish. Uh, let me just check if things can work now. I am stalling for time somewhat whilst I, I uh, change servers and try and reload and go live uh, with, <laughs> with LinkedIn. Uh, looks like we're doing something. Are we good? Get rid of that. Start this here. You see tech live, right? Why not? And hopefully we should go live in a minute. Anyway, my goodness. Let's start with with uh, with an incentive though. So uh, that's entrepreneur business, business live almost out of the way. Let's look at the incentive. So in the entrepreneur business group on Facebook, four thousand and fifteen members now, I believe. Um, we where we stream these live uh, events. We also have. Uh, very excitingly, we have uh, uh, incentives every so often. So sometimes it's it's money, sometimes it's things like you know um, uh, gifts and giveaways. And we do this to uh, to bring up some really great ideas from people. And that's uh, uh, happened recently. So over the weekend, I uh, rolled out rolled out an incentive where you can win this awesome book uh, by Brad Stone. I'm not affiliated to Brad Stone. I just really like the book. And um, so I will buy and send out a copy of this to uh, to the winner. Now, the upstarts, if you've not read it, you really should. How Uber, Airbnb and killer companies of Silicon, Gal Gal uh, Silicon Valley are changing the world. I was there a few months back and uh, experienced a few of these and had some tours around LinkedIn and Google and so on. And obviously, uh, I'm a big fan of that kind of space as well. If you want to read the book, you can go buy it or you can win our incentive. And the incentive is closed now, by the way, so you, you, know, you can't kind of just... Hop on it now, I'm afraid too late. Um, but the incentive, when we read it, was what's the most compelling brand in the world right now for you and why? And what I, what I was looking for was um, was really something interesting as a reason why you like the brand so much. So we had loads of entries here, a lot of people throwing the obvious for some, uh, so Coca-Cola and you know Amazon and so on, but then also some people throwing some really interesting ones that were kind of, kind of curveballs really. Um, I'm going to uh, answer which one I believe uh, should win, or is my choice, is my group. Um, but uh, before I do, I'm just going. You're going to bear with me while I uh, check in here uh, with with LinkedIn. I think I know how I can fix it. Going to fix these things on the fly, right? This is what happens. So, idea. What we'll be doing on Wednesday will be going live on certainly Facebook in the group, if possible. I will be going live in LinkedIn as well. I'm not optimistic because LinkedIn's kind of hard work to, to get going live, but we'll have to see how we do. Uh, let me see if I can get this going now. Live now, good. Let's see if that works. And um, and the same for the following week for Miami. We'll try and go live then too and see how we do. Uh, I'm just going to make sure I can see everything on um, Facebook because I want to make sure I can see everyone on here. Uh, Ian Disco's asked, have you checked out Near IL's latest book? I haven't read it yet. I've ordered it, but I haven't read it yet, I'm afraid. So uh, I'm sure it's marvellous, but I haven't got around to reading it. Um, apparently it's brilliant. I was in touch with him recently and said congrats and all that, because uh, he of course lives in New York. And uh, he almost, uh, he spoke at Entrepreneur Business Live via live stream uh, in London, uh, about, I think it was February this year, uh, and almost came to the New York event back in, I believe it was May uh, or June, whenever we had, I think it was May. And um, Baron Borgian was unable to, but uh, yeah, congratulations to him releasing the book. Uh, Victor Horacasitas, I'm getting better with the name. See you in Barcelona soon, but, uh, brother. Yes, really looking forward to seeing you there. And um, Dwight Perry uh, from UK and Cornwall's here. Uh, also, we've got, uh, as well as Ian Tisca, um, Caroline Mankowski, and I see you next week in Miami. 
Uh, nice to see the whole crew here. Laurie Heath Knudsen's here too. Reese at Rich Aswell. Nice to see you here. Thanks so much for joining in. So apparently I'm live on uh, LinkedIn, but I'm majorly cynical nowadays when it looks like I'm live, but I'm actually not. Uh, yeah, I don't think I am, am I? Um, so that's that. Not happening again. There we go. What we'll do is we'll try and switch into a different connection. Maybe that work. But I'm going to crack on with the uh, with the questions. First up is Pix Johansson. Uh, from Australia, I think it's Sydney, if I remember right, uh, we had a chat a little while back. Richard, how do you best monetize your IP, she asks. Well, the way I've done this, uh, there's a number of ways you can do it, but a simple way you can do it, and I think you're, I know you're a coach, for example, um, is you need to think about the idea of, of broadcasting, the fact you have a great IP in the first place. So monetizing it starts with you sharing it, okay? I really believe in this. You've got to make sure you're sharing it first. And the way to do that is to make sure that you're um, you're giving great value, as you know, uh, as much as possible uh, uh, each day, each week, uh, so that people in orbit around you can realize that you're good at what you do. That's the way to look at it. So I have, um, uh, for me, I have things like the free content, and then I also have at the back end the uh, the higher end consulting, and, and we do um, we do work where I do sales training. So for, for instance, tomorrow I'm one-on-one -on -one, uh, sales training a corporate in London, uh, but I also work with social media strategy and delivery with content uh, for businesses um, as well. Um, but to get there from free content to often quite expensive stuff, uh, you, it's often a good idea to have what's known as a sales ladder uh, picks. And so I have things like um, uh, a newsletter, which you might think is not transactional, but actually is. It's it's the transaction. Someone gives up their email address uh, for that. Uh, so they're actually still believing in me and buying from me, if you like. Then it steps up again to things like courses for only like $99, the mastermind class we've got in a few hours time, for example. All of this stuff is really great because it, it brings people into orbit around you and they start testing and tasting your new products uh, or rather your products and, and if done well they'll get to a point where at the back end they really end up being sold and that's such a warm strong audience because they end up buying of course your consulting later on as well so i really really like that uh, approach um so what i've done is, is i've said right i'm going to have um kind of automatic sales, organic sales, either from content flowing to board buying uh, the, the purchase of courses, or of course, from things like, um, uh, so from Facebook ads, for example, through to courses as well. And that stuff is brilliant to to have, to warm people up, like I say, and it's, it's a volume play, it doesn't necessarily make much money, because that money goes straight back into the business in terms of more ads and things like that. Um, but it warms people up a tremendously uh, a great way. They're kind of almost trialing you and it helps me sell my back-end IP, if you like, so the proper consulting comes there. I found that when I added little things along the way, so courses and lower-end consulting, for example, sometimes people just buy a phone call, it's just $400 for the hour, um, you know, that they that warms them up enough to then go and buy the, the bigger stuff further on. So that's something I would suggest you try out. Um, that's my, been my approach. Um, so that's how I best monetize it, but it all starts with getting enough thousands of people into the funnel at the top, and that starts with as much free content going out as possible. Mad amounts, like, as a, at scale as possible, uh, as you possibly can can do. I certainly am not at the scale I would like to be. The frequency is nowhere near where I would be. I'm probably about a third of where I think I should be, 
uh, in terms of amount of content I, I need to be producing, but it all adds up, you see. And as a result, um, you're warming constantly an audience of people who are like, okay, yeah, I'm starting to believe in this person, starting to believe this is a, a decent guy and so on, you see. So uh, that's, that's, that's really a really wise way to do it. Um, give it up. Uh, there's the myth, of course, the question always comes up, you know, well, should we um, share stuff uh, that would be in our course or should we share secrets and tips and hacks that I would coach people? Yeah, you should, because the thing is people are buying, when they, when they eventually buy you, they're buying it all packaged in one place. They're often buying you there as well. But, um, you know, drip, drip feeding all of this great information is a good way of showing how good you are. And I don't think you need to hold back at all from you. Um, because, you know, if I share all the information that I have, of course, if I share all the information that, that's in my courses across three years, then no one's going to, you know, no one's going to sit there for three years and consume all that stuff and go, okay, I've got it now. I know what to do when they can just buy the course and have it done in you know a few hours worth. So um, that convenience is the reason why people still buy the stuff, the IP picks, even if you've provided to them uh, uh, for free as well, if you see what I mean. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, if anyone's on LinkedIn, let me know. Actually, you've got this kind of really irritating uh, um, regular thing. Let me know if you can see it. I'm, I'm not convinced it's working uh, this morning, so I'm going to switch to a third stream, uh, a, th a third channel, and see if that works instead. Um, and uh, but good question. So we're going to do one more question, and then let's see who won the incentive. Because the incentive uh, was uh, to win an amazing book by Brad Stone called The Upstarts. Uh, put in the comments if you've read the books. I think it's fantastic, personally. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to uh, sharing that. Gracie Roof, nice to see you. We connected last night via LinkedIn uh, into Facebook, of course. Uh, so nice to see you here as well. Thank you very much for joining. And uh, Ian Tiskas asks, what's the difference between traditional sales and social selling? So social selling, the term essentially, the way I view it is look, is using social media to sell a product. And um, classic, oh no, it's wrong word, uh, typically what you're doing is is a kind of a content marketing play but you're looking at warming an audience so that you have interested buyers on your virtual uh, forecourt if you like so you can engage with people those that um constantly love your content those that uh you know opt into things and then buy courses and so on are showing keenness to uh, be involved in you in, in a deeper way. And that's why you have the validation at that point to then work to convert them. And that's kind of the point uh, of it. I really enjoy it as well. Social selling is a very um, fulfilling way of working because you're not uh, going directly to people to try and, um, uh, uh, you know, cold traffic to try and convert them. It starts very much more with you broadcasting and then them coming more to you. So it's a very uh, low risk way of selling because um, uh, they love it uh, and they're being sold and conditioned and in a positive way, uh, uh, may be made familiar with you. What's the downside? The downside is it takes time. It's as simple as that. If you are willing to be patient enough, and if you think about it, like I started doing a lot of this years ago, if you're willing to be patient enough, you can come to a point where you can like really cash in on it after a while and it really does well and it kind of perpetuates you and build a bigger following and so on. You can you can sell a lot of stuff in a fulfilling way in, in the sense that people are coming to you and you know, after this I've got um, a, a couple of calls in the mastermind, then late later on, you know, I've got people who've been like, could you help us with this, Richard? And that's a message from someone who, I had one earlier today, someone, someone who's been checking out the stuff, 
uh, one of the members of the business has done my course, for example. And I've got three or four of them, in fact, stacked up. These are people who are warming themselves because I'm giving them the opportunity to do that. So it's a really good way of, of um, getting people excited about what you're doing. And I'm going to persevere with LinkedIn. Let's carry on with the, with the, the next question here. Juliana17, do you gain more customers uh, the more videos you put out? By the way, I like your branding. Do you have a graphic designer? The branding, I love you. They say is the, the branding is really simple. Orange here and there on the wording. And um, the, the branding like Richard Moore logo. It, I, I had a guy design it. It was like $50. It took him, you know, an hour. I Probably less than that, actually. I had, um, uh, I, I then used that graphic on an animation. I used it uh, like a, it was like 30 quid piece of software and just stuck the animation in myself, done. And the, you know, all my logos and the font, it's like the first font you come across to get on with it. So, you know, I, I'm not, I've not got a graphic designer and that because I, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's a huge thing to be doing when in fact you, you don't need it at the very start but i do feel that the consistency has helped the familiarity and the consistency uh, consistency and um uh great distribution is what matters when it comes to things like logos and branding and graphic designer there are people out there who have amazing logos who have great graphic designers but it's not doing anything for them because their distribution is crap and that's the bit that matters it needs to be that people that you're sharing it. I've said this to someone recently. If you look at Facebook's logo, it's a lowercase white F. That's it. Nothing impressive. But the reason why it is globally recognized is because it's being distributed really well and they're consistent with it and so on. They're not changing it every five minutes, you see. So that's the bit that matters. That's what you need to be doing. Okay. Uh, Julian has also added, how often should you post on social for selling as much as you possibly can is the answer. Like all long um it, you can get away with some minimums so you know linkedin you can get away with one a day uh facebook you can get away with one or two a day but really why aren't you doing more that's the way to always think about it. you should be trying to do as much as you possibly can um i think i'm live let's see if we're live um possibly i'm live on, on linkedin um more questions on um facebook possibly um, oh yes yeah, so ian tisk has asked What's the difference between, I'll already answer that. Uh, so social selling, I've, I've defined that for you, Ian. In terms of traditional sales, well, well traditional sales is a combination of, of in and outbound. Okay, outbound being you go to people, inbound means they're coming to you. And, and inbounds happened all the way since the beginning of time because when there is a need, people just find you and seek you out. But, you know, you need to do things to make sure that when there is a need, your first in mind, which is why brands like Coca-Cola will be advertising and warming their audience months before Christmas, because they want you to want to be in mind when it comes to uh, the big shop, when you buy, you know, 42 litres of, of Coca-Cola for Christmas Day, or whatever it is you drink, uh, they want you to be thinking, oh, well, obviously Coca-Cola, because you've been warmed all that time. It's no use just being there at the moment when someone's about to buy, because they're not necessarily warmed into your brand, which is why there's, you know, this constant warming through you know throughout the year really uh let's look at the incentive winner so the incentive like i say was what's the most compelling brand in the world right now and why and like i said there's loads of answers on this and um the winner came up with a brand i love and it's not just a brand i love it's also a brand i use and beyond even that it's one where the ceo i really respect i think it's a fantastic ceo and this person started uh, when they were very young and have become a bit of the poster child for uh, 
internet entrepreneurship done right. Um, so um, the winner from the Entrepreneur Business Group of uh, Upstart, so I'll be shipping this to you, is Stephanie Holm, who said Canva, C-A-N-V-A. If you're not used it, I would urge you to check it out. Canva, an inspirational story about a female-led startup started in 2008, now valued at over a billion dollars. The story is a perfect model where a CEO identified a need. She was up, she was using things like Adobe and that. She found it all very clunky, so she designed and built her own uh, version. And then Canva is an, is an app slash website where you can do graphic design. It's very drag and drop. It makes you look like an absolute pro. So I would urge you to use it if you need it. Um, if you need that kind of thing. Uh, she started in her mum's living room, rejected by investors for three years, hundreds of times before finally securing funds. The company offers basic publishing services for free, which I use all the time and offers, uh, uh, sorry, free for the time and offers premium services for free to non-profits. Good quality offering used in most countries of the world, making contributions to the world a huge success story to look up to. Melanie Perkins is the CEO. She's phenomenal. I would really uh, urge you to check out, um, uh, you know, content on her, but also the actual, um, the actual brand Canva itself. It's a phenomenal story. So congratulations, Stephanie. You have won, and uh, you'll be getting a, a book, uh, a copy of the Upstart in the post. Um, next question is from James Perry. What's the best method of collecting insights and data via uh, regarding social selling? The thing is that you know you can collect all this kind of stuff, but you need to know what you are collecting it for and what things you can test. Um, so what I would say is important firstly to be aware, uh, James, of which um, uh, variables there are out there. So what variables matter to you? So for example, uh, with social selling, it could be things like, what time am I posting? It could be the frequency, so how many, like, like Julian asked there, so how many times a day I post? Uh, it could be type of content, audiogram, live stream, video that's pre-recorded, collaboration video is different to a video in my mind, um, long form text, uh, short form text, images, for example, podcasts, all this stuff is, is a different types of, of posts we can do. And um, it's a mistake to stick to one. I've tested and proven it. It's, it's not a good idea. It makes sense to have multiples going out and keep it varied because people like to have see variety anyway but in addition some people that would absolutely love you need to feel uh, to, to get you through your podcast some people that would absolutely love you prefer you like almost face to face in, in a you know in a live stream or something like that uh, or a video some people are the studious type they're going to read they just prefer to read articles so they need to consume that as well so you need to be a bit of a media empire uh, uh, to, to start with, um, but I think you need to be testing all of these things, changing one variable at a time across maybe, you know, a couple of weeks. So like, when am I posting? And I, you know, I've got a bit of a sweet spot for myself at 10 p.m. UK time, because if, it, if I post at 10 p.m., I've got all of the US, and it's the start of the next day in Australia in places like Melbourne, so I've got a network there. So what I've found is that I've got the network in, in the Melbourne waking up and I've got all the US in their afternoon and a little trickle of the UK uh, late at night. But, you know, 10 o'clock's not that late anymore when, when people are online. So you tend to find that you get, I'm kind of getting a really good sweet spot there. That's what works for me, for example. But it's very much tuned into the US because 70% of my audience is based over there. So that's 
that's why I, I would do something like that. Um, but you need to. But the other thing you need to be looking at, uh, James, is is what are your conversion requirements? What are you trying to convert? So, for example, are you looking at opt-ins? Are you looking at traffic back to your website? Are you looking at hard sales? Like how many times am I selling this mini course or this getting this lead magnet bought or whatever it might be? Um, or it could be something more about brand warming, like I mentioned with Coca-Cola. Like, so, you know, we're trying to just get a brand out there more. So am I get how, how am I doing in terms of engagement? Uh, you know, is that the post last night's done about 4,000 views. The post the day before did about 10,000 views. So, you know, why are they different? when I've got certain things the same, sure, sometimes it's the day of the week, but actually the type of content I know for a fact will make a difference, I do. Um, if you look at, I'm talking about LinkedIn there. So for instance, on LinkedIn, you, you can tell uh, right now that if you put up a image, you get tend to get less engagement per view, but you get, you know, thousands of views, whereas with video, you get considerably less views but your engagement is up. So it's like, it's like what matters to me as well. All these things really are consider, things to consider. Change one variable at a time. Look at the conversion you're after. If I'm looking at straight traffic to my website, are my calls to action strong enough? But then, you know, I need to be looking at like, what, what am I tweaking and what's working best? Some things like podcasts don't necessarily drive traffic to your website as much other things like an image with some more information uh you know like the top line information on an article or a blog a blog post that drives traffic to your your website is probably going to do better right so you got to think about that kind of thing and then going on to things like um an audiogram you know from from a little snippet from like a podcast um that kind of thing is fantastic to promote your podcast my friend mark michi does this with a top 100 podcast uh, um, called Humans 2.0. He posts little snippets, little micro content from the big thing, and that's what's driven it uh, done really well. There, but he's he's obviously clearly collecting insights on what things work. And you tend to find that you have it for a while, then things will change because algorithms change. People get bored of stale style content, so you have to switch it up as well. It's a constant move that way. Uh, Julian 17, do you recommend podcasting? Yes, I do. Uh, it just gives you another pillar of content to produce. Do I have a podcast where I interview people? No, I don't. Um, but I do kind of video style interview collaborations instead on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Um, my podcast is the audio version of this. So after the um, live stream is completed, it's broken down, converted to audio and uploaded to, you know, iTunes and Spotify and, uh, you know, everything through anchor basically so so that's something i would do TikTok, i'm uh, TikTok. i am uh, starting to post in um i'm connecting with some influencers as one uh, who i connected with and, and had a chat with over the weekend who's uh, over a million followers there already and um i posted a video on friday i'm going to be doing probably one every friday just to see how we do um but i think TikTok is an interesting space because the uh the audience is rapidly, rapidly maturing for two reasons. Firstly, the audience is maturing because over time they get older. But secondly, they're maturing because TikTok seems the place that has a huge amount of attention. If you look at the number of the number of um, uh, active users, it's insane. So if that's the place where everyone is, those more mature people who are looking to make use of it are, are, are migrating over as well. So what you've got is uh, only six months ago, people would look at TikTok and go, 
it's a Gen Z place. It's a place where the tweenies hang out. You know, when it was musically before it changed, it was like, this is where you got 12 year olds lip syncing. Um, but now it's so much broader. It's so much broader. And, and because people know it's a good, it's, it's a strong place for engagement now. And so, you know, you're not all, always speaking to the 12 year olds or the 15 year olds, you're speaking to those who are a bit older. Um, or you are speaking to them and in fact, you know, it's a longer play and I think TikTok probably is. It's a bit of fun, but it's a good place to uh, stamp out some brand and definitely drive some new traffic. And I think without question, um, uh, there's a lot that can be made of it. And that is really, there's a lot more depth to it than what one might think of just singing at a camera or something like that. So I urge you to check it out. Just like with my, um, some of my other accounts, if you go to at the Richard Moore, all one word on TikTok, uh, I will happily follow and check you out. Uh, but I'd love to connect with you there as well. So good question, Julian. Thank you very much. Uh, Rianne Boots, uh, CEO. With a name like that, you've got to be South African, I'm sure. Hi, Richard. I'm busy with a self-funded startup in lifestyle healthcare and need to put together a digital and social media plan that would focus 50% on millennial influencers. Main brand and business driver is a product what am I doing so is a product um, clinically proven to reduce symptoms of hangover where do I start and what's your best advice you can provide I think that one thing to think about here is that if you're using influencers you need to be thinking like like what's the play what am I asking them to perhaps think about doing and I need to mirror that in my content as well it goes without saying that if you just splash about lots of content saying we're the best, you know, hangover cure out there, you don't not going to get as much traction as if you think. think uh, the, the word here is think about the subculture, like the jokes and the fun and maybe the skits about the hangover. You know what what things happen when you have a hangover, stuff you do when you have a hangover, and all that kind of thing makes your makes the con like kind of I'd say makes the discussion relatable. And the reason why this is important is because you are um, you're you're speaking to people who know what it's like to hang have a hangover. You're making light of it, making it amusing, and I think that's wise as well because people will will kind of love what you're doing. They'll tune into um, kind of the comedy and the skits. And there are some brands that do this kind of thing really well. I believe Jolly Rancher is a good example of this. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but a few others have done it where the it's about the fun. Again, you're entertaining people, but people know through osmosis, just from enjoying your entertainment, that that it's your brand, right? And they they, they see that it's you. And that is you know, a great example. I don't know if you have it over in the States but uh, or anywhere else, but um, here in the UK, you have comparethemarket.com, which is one of these sites, third-party sites where you can compare car insurances and things like that. And um, it was... Uh, they started with this campaign where it was a meerkat instead of a market. So they called it Compare the Meerkat. And the whole thing blew up and they ended up with people like Arnold Schwarzenegger working with it. And it was all about these fun meerkats that have probably been going 10 years now. Uh, they are Russians, like they've got a thick Russian accent uh, and they're, you know, just generally a lot of fun. They've been affiliated, have done loads of brand deals that are affiliated with, you know, cinemas and things like that. And beneath it all, it's just a boring old website that compares car insurance and things like that. But the point is that it's drawing you in because it's that channel. Do you see what I mean? It, it's it's like Game of Thrones is an advert for HBO, if, if you see what I mean. Game of Thrones is an advert for 
Netflix or wherever, wherever it was, it was, uh, it was there. Do you see what I mean? So, so, so it's kind of by proxy, people are going to be buying into your, your hangover cure because they're keen on the stories you tell. So appeal to the subculture is what I'm saying. Try that. It's um, uh, definitely a, a best place to work. Have fun with it because that's the bit where people are going to be like, this is great. I really enjoy the jokes they're making. And it will, the, the point is that you might have the best hangover cure in the world, uh, Rianne, but the problem is no one knows about it. The, the problem with all startups is obscurity. They don't know, no one knows them. So what you want to do is appeal to the subculture because that's where your distribution will come from. Get your distribution right and people are going to be talking about you. When they talk about you, some of them will want your, your remedy and that will help. Uh, and in fact, that's, that's an approach everyone should be taking with their brands, okay? A um, couple more questions before we finish. So Emily and Velila, uh, I think I said your name right. Thank you very much. You're questioning all the time, which is great, and uh, a regular of the uh, of the show, which I'm really proud of that. Um, is cold calling a dinosaur? Oh, this is a close close to my heart. Is, is cold calling a dinosaur in the social selling age? I don't think all of it is because not all industries are leveraging social media. For example, logistics and social and supply chain. Let me comment on that. Without question, some industries are drier than others. Without question, some industries are more forward moving than others. If you look at Silicon Valley tech compared with agriculture, you're going to see a disparity in terms of lean in towards social selling. They're extremes as an example. Uh, so, so I see what you're saying, but without question, they are using it, some just to a lesser or greater degree, and, um, and they should all be using it. Um, what I think is important is to understand that cold calling has a place. It has a place in two scenarios. Cold calling has a place um, at the start and it has a place when you want rapid traction. So, so when I'm starting a business, social selling can happen right away. Social selling is something that can convert right away, but social selling tends to take a bit of time. You've got to warm that audience up. You've got to go get the audience. You've got to engage with them one-on-one -on -one at times and things like that. But cold calling or variations of that theme, such as reaching out cold to people on DM and closing them yourself, they are very, very um, valuable skills to have because it means in the moment when your business needs a $1,000 that day, you can close someone. If you rely on social selling to gently warn people to close them, it, it's dangerous, risky strategy because you need way more patience for that, okay? You can work at scale with social selling. You can't if you're one-on-one -on -one cold calling. I work with companies that do do cold calling still. I, I coach them in London on, on doing it well and doing it in 2019 in a way that means people are like, I, I'm cool with responding positively to this. I'm cool with taking the call and they're cool with actually buying from it. So it can still be done. It is a dinosaur in the sense that, you know, it's been a long time uh, uh, out there and there are more effective, lower risk um, to reputation, uh, comfort zone places you can go. But in truth, social selling often is a, is a practice that takes you time. Cold calling, whilst difficult, definitely harder, is more effective in the moment if you need to get those sales. But you run the risk of, well, you, you have difficulty in cold calling because naturally a human being receiving a cold approach in business 
they are conditioned to know it's going to be for a sale and so you have your work on your hands which is why you need somebody who knows what they're doing to coach you who knows how to get around that those kind of problems and, and say it properly um but i do like jokes aside i think in social selling age it feels like a dinosaur but you can't discount it because something will need it when I was starting out only a few years back on the online consulting side of things, I was essentially cold calling people, but through DMs instead, absolutely brilliant. It works really well. And yeah, I was getting some interests from content I was putting online, the social selling thing was there helping as well. But in truth, the early money came from essentially the cold approaches to people and me doing it manually one-on-one. So if you need money, that's the way you do it. Okay, so it's a really good question. And yeah, not all industries are using it and they still they're still back in those kind of those kind of uh, channels to money. But but you know, it's not it's not to say you should still use it. You can get away with not using it, absolutely. And it's not it's not like you have to use it to get anywhere. It's it's just a really good tool. And for some they do phenomenally well. I know businesses that close millions every year just from cold outreach. So it works absolutely fine, but you need to do it right. Um, and given the choice, if I had the patience, I really, really would prefer social selling because you are getting the people who do buy from you buy because they really want to buy rather than they're like, you know, you have to kind of, you have to run a lot of risks with the cold calling side of things. It's, it's a long conversation. I, I enjoy that one, but it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Let's finish with one more, <clears throat> Thomas Miller. From over on LinkedIn said, Richard Moore, your live shows always drop so much value. Thanks so much. And so it makes sense to jump into the topic of social selling. My question is, what are your perspectives or thoughts on testimonials? I think they're really powerful, but you've got to be careful in how you um, share them. One of the big parts about testimonials is the interface between you and the person providing them. And saying to them, you know, ideally what you want to say is like, are you cool? with me saying it's you. Because if you withhold information such as the person's name and things like that, it doesn't, it's not a game changer, but it can negatively affect it. We've got to understand is that there's cynicism out there and people checking your content out when they see testimonials, they might be led to think, yeah, right, as if that's real. And you see it all the time on TV and it will be like, you know, Wendy P, you know, from this place is like you're made up that's not but that's a typical testimonial it's not a real one and i think that's why video testimonials can be good i had that a lot in the past for a previous course of mine and they, i just had i said to people you know would you give me a video testimonial now you can't really fabricate those as much you can ask people just to say it of course but they tend to give you a, a bit of, re, of a reaction i feel that there's nothing wrong with the text one what, what i asked people recently for um was um text in, in an inbox so I could screenshot people relate to like oh that's that's Facebook's messenger right there I can see that says their subconscious and that's clearly what someone thinks of the course so it really works because it feel, feels legit I, I think testimonials are great what you shouldn't be doing so much is necessarily using it as the main thrust of, of promotion but I do feel that it's good to kind of throw them in every so often and say look these people are saying this too so I suppose what I'm saying there is do your sell well enough and then add the testimonials in there as that look i've done a good enough job but look even these people think it's great as well i think if, if you lead with the testimonials unless of course it's from an amazing person you know if i have 
Richard Branson endorsing me. I'm going to be leading with that. But otherwise, you know, you've got to remember that sometimes it's just good to use testimonials as more of a complimentary tool. Um, stick them on your website, things like that as well. They can go down quite well. But to, to not ask for testimonials is a bit silly. Because if you have 15 customers and they're all even fairly happy with you, but you know there's like six of them that love you and two that are like can't get enough, ask them for testimonials. Because even if you aren't doing a campaign to drive more sales that particular week, something wrong with posting those testimonials and people going, wow, this is really impressive. Well done. You see what I mean? So that's a good, it's a good, I think it's a good thing to make use of. I'd be interested to see if you lot use testimonials and what your thoughts are on it. So you pop in the con comments as well. Um, see if there's more questions here. Thank you very much. Jedi, Jedi uh, Hills just joined in as well. Um, Gracie Ruth, I thought it was for young people looking for fun. I think you're talking about uh, TikTok perhaps. Yeah. That's the thing to start with. But what's interesting about it is that um, where there is attention, there then flock marketers. LinkedIn flicked on the switch to their content marketing a couple of years back, then video, and then recently live, which doesn't work today for me, um, and many other things as well. The, the content plays happening. And so when you have 600 million users and half of them are active every month on a platform like LinkedIn, you're naturally going to get people migrating there who are going to market with it. And I think that's, that's something to happen a lot with, with TikTok now. People are leveraging it to get people aware of them. You don't have to sing at the, at the camera and you can do other things that you'll see when, if you join, um, uh, if you look at, find me on the Richard Moore um, uh, on TikTok, you can see that the style, it was just the text, but the style of video I'll be putting out there, um, I put one out on Friday. And I think that, yeah, it is fun, but there's some real depth there. You can really, get places with it. And I think, you know, this, this person I was in touch with over the weekend is, is clearly doing a good job and it gives you instant clout nowadays. So she's got over a million followers. It's a huge and hugely impressive uh, feat in such a small, short amount of time. I think it's wrong, not even close, but it's just wrong to not test it. Um, and I think to try it out and see like, if you've got to ask, you've got to map back from, from the reality. If everyone, not everybody, if a huge amount, like, millions and millions and millions and millions of people are shifting their focus onto where there are, I don't know what the number is right now, but it must be approaching 100 million, if not more um, uh, people using TikTok. If that's the kind of numbers, then you can't afford to not dabble and have a look and, and ask yourself if the attention is there. And increasingly people are jumping in, remember, who are a greater and greater mature age and the very progressive businesses are going to be jumping in there as well in the same way as several years back some started getting their instagram accounts now they're getting their they're going to start getting their TikTok accounts you're wrong to not test it out and if what you need to do is you say this is the question i've been asking myself it's like if the attention definitely is there then how do you use it how how do you work on the fact that everyone is going to be there so, or not everyone, but most like the people you could work with or people in the future you could work with or or increasingly people who might see this as a positive. If people are making use of it, what are you going to do with it? Because you can't stay mute and you can't stay off the platform. You can't spectate. So you need to try something. So what's your style of content going to be? Sure, I'm not going to power at the screen and, and lip sync. But what? So if I'm not going to do that because it's not my flavor, what am I going to do? So. The videos are sound. The videos are going to be sound bites from this. The one on Friday is a sound bite from this, for example, from, from the live stream. But you know, it's got a bit more of a TikTok flavour, so it's got some animated gifs in. It's just a bit more fun, but it's still 
warming a certain demographic of people or people interested in certain kind of thing and you know i help people monetize their brands a lot what not what i do and if that's the case then um i need i need the people who are there building brands to go here's how i can move to a place and then people have already asked me in fact you know I, I would love to learn more about how i can generate an income from something like that so it, you know you could always say to yourself if, if that's where your potential customers are going to be then, then what are you going to do about it but mark my words it's not a bunch of 12 year olds it's rapidly becoming a place with more mature people and um i think it's already too late to call it but i would any I, i'm saying it anyway like i think it's a, a very strong consideration moving into 2020 in the same way as it's it's absolutely imperative you have a linkedin strategy for your business uh now uh i think it's a very strong consideration to think about or at least take seriously what you might do with tiktok as well into 2020 because they, these are platforms that are really rocketing and have the attention they have the attention you have to do something about it so just my f uh, feelings on it and uh, uh thanks so much a really good question a really good point there gracie um uh she's written i i'm not in tiktok i'm going to check your account there thank you uh and dwight's written uh, facebook might buy it then interesting they might buy it um but they might do what you see it's difficult because snapchat i believe was approached by facebook turned them down but then you know snapchat isn't what it was because instagram took its uh um you know it's taken its throne somewhat and it could well be that uh, TikTok does the same. We have to see how that goes. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the conversation looks like in a year from now, Dwight. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. Well done to Stephanie Holmes, uh, home rather, for winning the Upstarts book by Brad Stone. Uh, I'll be shipping that over to you soon. Watch with us on Wednesday on the Entrepreneur Business Group Live uh, on Facebook, the uh, Entrepreneur Business Live event from Barcelona. So looking forward to sharing that. That will be on at 7 p.m local time in spain which is 6 p.m uk times so we're doing an hour later than usual uh which means in uh the us will be 1 p.m so we'll catch you there thank you very much who's watching on instagram i'll see you later thanks in advance uh to those of you watching uh, igtv thank you also everyone who has listened to the podcast thank you everyone who is uh watching through my website on um YouTube as well, and goodbye all on Facebook. Great to see you all here. Thanks so much.